And uh, we're so glad to have you. If you were a visitor this morning and there's a little card in this handbook thing above you, if you fill that out and kind of allow us to get in contact with you. Our giving this morning, I remember that there's a little box on the back. We don't have an offering plate here. We just, uh, this is what's going on right now. And, uh, and we uh, give our tithes and offerings and put them in the little box. If you do not, if you do not do that, we uh, you can also go to Cypress Street Church and give online. So we appreciate that. Today is today's Sunday, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> so far, between four and six o'clock this afternoon, there is a come and go. go. Open house. Somebody wanted to realize, hey, we have to come and stay the whole time. No, you do not, and you better not. <laughs> uh, you may wear out your welcome. We do have a back door that we can push you out. But uh, this is our gift, our gift uh, to you, the congregation, uh, for allowing us to be your pastor. We have not been here quite a year, and uh, we've learned to love you people, and uh, we consider it a privilege and a joy to be able to uh, pastor you and minister to you and pray for you and and be your friend. So uh, that's what that's all about. Four to six this afternoon. We we'd love to have you. If you can't, we understand, but we would love to have you. You might even you might even meet one of our children, maybe if he shows up. So. <laughs> Um, he promises he's coming because we, uh, when we've had uh, open houses in the past, our children have always come. And so this is the first one we've done without kids. And, and he's going to drive over, he says, from Dallas to be here this afternoon and get a chance to meet some of you. So that's this afternoon. Wednesday night is uh, something a little bit different this year. I mean, uh, uh, this week is our family Christmas gathering in the uh, fellowship hall. Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. Everybody say six. six. That's not six thirty, but it's six o'clock. And uh, that is, uh, we are having some suits and some refreshments, and I'll be leading the, the little devotion. I want everybody to be in that that uh, time together this Wednesday night. Next Sunday afternoon, Sunday morning is Christmas Eve, and um, we'll be having a regular service here. And we'll be receiving our Christ's birthday offering, to which my wife is going to advertise that now.
I am required to get a business license, a dog license, not to mention a marriage license. I'm also uh, capable, uh, I'm also required to contribute to every organization or society which the genius of man is capable of bringing to life. Women's relief, unemployment relief, every hospital and charitable institution in the city, including the Red Cross, the Purple Cross, and the Double Cross. <laughs> For my own safety, I am required to carry life insurance, <coughs> property insurance, liability insurance, accident insurance, burglary insurance, business insurance, earthquake insurance, tornado insurance, unemployment insurance, fire insurance. I am inspected, expected, respected, dejected, rejected, examined, re-examined, informed, reformed, summoned, fined, commanded, and compelled until I supply an exhaustible supply of money for every known need, desire, or hope of the human race. Simply because I refuse to donate something or other, I am boycotted, talked about, lied about, held up, held down, robbed until I am ruined. I can tell you honestly, had not the unexpected happened, I could not enclose this check. The wolf that comes to so many doors nowadays just had pups in the kitchen. I sold them, and here's the money. I guess we all feel that way sometimes at, uh, at uh, times. Demands for money from every side, particularly during the season of the year. And yet the gift of Christmas is a gift that must be passed on to be enjoyed. Christ comes into our life bringing unmerited love. Only the coldest of hearts will refuse to let him in. Only the most selfish of spirits will not reach out in generosity to others. Our, employment of, our enjoyment of Christmas will be proportional to the joy we bring to others. So as we embark on this another Christmas season, we may sadly find ourselves struggling with many feelings. We may find ourselves dreading the season with its stresses and pressures, its hurts and frustrations. Holidays seem to magnify everything, for better and more often for worse. Sociologists tell us that Christmas is a time of intense abide depression, conflict, and loneliness. Those very things that were originally meant for joy distract us, and even the courage, uh, they discourage us. The things originally meant for joy discourage us. Jingle bells drowns out the cries of the baby in the manger. The message of God's son is lost to parents whose children have grown and moved on, leaving them far behind. The story of Joseph's support of Mary doesn't make sense to women and men whose spouses are gone, whether by death or desertion. This most wonderful time of year is anything but wonderful to a lot of people. But we come today to talk a little bit about Christ's birthday offering. And um, we're going to do it a little bit different next week than what we've done in the past. I don't know how you've done it, but this is kind of a tradition that Dan and I have with our church family that we'd like to do, and um, most of, many of you may give online, and that's good, we're glad about that, but maybe just this once next week you could find a way to put some money in an envelope like this, and then we'll have you bring it forward, um, and 
offered there'll be a, a special manger set up, and this is just a it's just a symbol of us uh, giving back to Jesus. It's just a small thing uh, that He has blessed us with. Now we don't want anybody to feel guilty if you can't come up to the front. That's okay. We know that not everybody can do that, um, but we do want to encourage you to do that if possible. So we look forward to being able to see how um, God will bless what we are able to give. You know, it doesn't mean it has to be a lot. It's just the idea of giving, and He will bless it. So see you all next Sunday, and the envelopes are back at the back when you leave, okay?
Isn't it wonderful to think that all the love the Father has for Jesus is the same love that Jesus has for us? The reality is much to comprehend and receive. Father, we thank you for your abiding love. We thank you that we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers and sisters. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother and or sister in need and yet refuses to help them? As we continue in the season of the Advent, may we see outside of ourselves. May we recognize the gift we have in Jesus and allow his abiding love to flow out of our lives to those around us. May we be carriers of his presence as we serve others as we give to those in need, as we listen to those who need to be heard, and as we see those who need to be seen. May we join our precious, our most precious Jesus in giving love and not keeping this, and not keeping this most precious gift to ourselves. As we light the candle of peace, help us, Holy Spirit, help us to continually abide in relationship with Jesus to share the love we received. Amen. 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 Sunday is we light the last candle and that candle has a very special meaning because in the midst of our four candles and the four meanings for each week, next week is the light of the world and uh, we'll be talking about that next Sunday morning. Hey God, continue to bless our worship this morning. Would you stand as we sing? Jesus for this day.
We come to a time of uh, prayer this morning. Prayer is simply talking to our Lord. It's a personal thing between you and Him, me and Him, and it's a corporate body. We have needs this morning. You look at our bulletin this morning, it has some needs. We have a couple that are out with COVID this morning. Karen, Randy. We also want to remember Sandy Adams that uh, has fallen in the last week and is having quite a bit of trouble with her back. There are other needs on here. We have a need for the James Young family. That is uh, Mike and Vicki's daughter. You need to remember that family. Also, we need to remember Purvis Bridges, who is uh, going to be having a procedure in the hospital tomorrow at Linwood. We need to pray for him. I'm sure that we have unspoken requests this morning as we uh, go to prayer this morning. Maybe by the uplifted hand, you just like to lift it up to the Lord. Nobody else's business except in God's. We're going to sing this song in a little chorus called Emmanuel, and then Donna's going to come and lead us in our prayer this morning but it talks about the name of Jesus that God is with us aren't you glad he's with us amen, amen. let's sing together
your song to us this season in the form of a human so that you know all of our cares. There's, to tell us that there's nothing that we can go through that you haven't already experienced, Lord. And thank you so much for that. Thank you for this time of season that's supposed to be happy, but like Ms. Lynn said, there's so many people that are hurting. Just be with them, Lord. It, you said that in Psalms that we can cast all of our cares on you, and you won't leave us. Thank you. And we read that to cast means to throw. To throw. So, Lord, this morning we just cast them all on you. We thank you for this service. We thank you for our pastor. We thank you for our church. We thank you for our church family. Now we just ask that you be with him as he speaks. Be with us as we go out this week. Help us to be your hands and your feet. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Before we uh, have our message this morning, one of the saying is before we get over the Christmas season, a little time of Bethlehem, one of all our best, isn't it? Any questions we sing? Thank you. 
We had some good anchors up here for that. This is the fourth message concerning Christmas that I brought to you, and this may be the most important one. And I hope that you will listen to this message this morning with open hearts and open ears, because I believe that God has a message for all of us this morning. I want to talk about this morning the merry miracle within each of us. Would you allow a merry miracle to happen in your heart and in your life today? I've heard the words, I'm pregnant, five times. I have the scars to show it. Of course, my wife don't. I am the one that had to pace up and down the hall of the hospital while my wife laid on the bed. Resting, watching the football game on TV. Well, I anxiously awaited the birth of our children. But you all can attest that a pregnancy is a game changer of each of our lives. A pregnancy is the ultimate analogy for all of life. Everything. Everything is like it. We see it in everyday life as it starts with a possibility and it proceeds to reality of that young little baby that we wrap in life itself. You see, I believe that life itself is a miracle. Do you believe that this morning? You're a miracle just for being alive today. I believe that. And as we read our scripture this morning, I want you to recognize that miracles are prevalent in scripture. Because God enjoys doing impossible things. From turning water into wine, to feeding the 5,000, to healing the sick and raising the dead. And as we examine these miracles that we have read about through scripture, we recognize that there were also, for these miracles to take place, there were some directions to be followed, such as Jesus telling the servants to fill the jars with water. Or the feeding of the 5,000, have them all sit down. <clears throat> to the blind man, go wash in the pool of Siloam. To the leper, go show yourself to the priests. Always a direction to be followed for a miracle to be realized. And the story we look at today is so different. Sometimes it is too well known to us, and we miss what actually took place in this young woman's life. It was a miracle that we followed. Now here's the larger proof in this scripture that we're about to read. God not only came many years ago to impregnate a young virgin with God's own son, but God came also 
miracles in all of us as a way of life. The God who chose a young virgin girl as the avenue through whom he would miraculously give mankind his greatest gift is still working a married miracle in lives today. Would you let it happen to you? <laughs> it happens in marriages, in relationships, in businesses, in hearts, in circumstances beyond our control, where life or, or love, hope or strength, promise or patience have disappeared, or perhaps never was present at all. God comes to do a miracle, merry miracle in us today. I ask you to open up your heart and open up your ears to take in what the Holy Spirit would impregnate us with today. Do you need a miracle today? How can that take place today? Let's look at the circumstances surrounding Mary's miracle, reading from the first chapter of Luke, verses 26 to 38. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Hail, favored one, for the Lord is with you. But Mary was greatly troubled. And she kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold the bondslave of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. And the angel departed for her. At the conclusion of what I want to share this morning, I hope that is your response. Behold, the servant of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word. In this portion of scripture, it describes the visit from Gabriel to Mary. Some of the things that stick out to me as I read this scripture over and over was this. Number one, it was unplanned by Mary. 
Some of us want everything planned out for us, don't we? If it's not on the spreadsheet, that ain't gonna happen. Uh-huh. Life comes, doesn't it, in all different shapes and sizes. And we never know when it's gonna come around to greet us, do we? Life is real. But this vision of the angel was unplanned by Mary. Secondly, I see in the scripture that the visit that gave Mary God's desire to use her for his plan. He revealed his plan for her, and God calls all of us to greater possibilities than we can ever imagine. As the angel gave her one to Mary, she could never have imagined what God had in store for her. And I would say this morning, that some of us don't have any idea how God truly wants to use us until we open up and say, yes, Lord, be it done to me according to your word. It begins with a greeting in verse 28. The Lord is with you. Now, y'all like that? The Lord is with you. And the Lord will say to you this morning as he visits us here in Cypress Street Church. I want you to know the Lord is with you this Christmas. And he's with us not only yesterday in the past Christmases or today's Christmas even, he's also here into the future. He is eternal. And he's with us as he reassured Mary as the Holy Spirit would come to her. He said, Mary, the Lord is with you. Those are comforting words to me. I've been in some pretty tough situations through life, and haven't you? And to hear that accompanying voice, sometimes in a very small whisper, or sometimes through a raging storm, the message is the same. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. In Mary, God demonstrates in this portion of Scripture his readiness and willingness to work through imperfect human vessels. Now, I don't know about you this morning that I am not a perfect vessel. The Bible says I was a sinner, saved by grace. It says that all have sinned and we have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. Mary was a sinner regardless of what some religious people proclaim today. She was just like you and me. She was a humble Jewish little girl who was a virgin, but God demonstrated his readiness and willingness to work through her imperfections. She was a common member of the human race. If you're a member of the human race this morning, say amen. Priscilla, we got stuck this week with blood. She came back and said, they didn't find my veins, I'm bruised. I said, they were just checking to see if you were an alien. <laughs> As the angel came to Mary, it troubled her, the scripture says. Verse 29, Mary replies to the angel, what does God want to do with me? You ever ask that question of the Lord? What 
does God want to do with me? And so, here is what I want to do with your life, the angel says. You will conceive, verse 31, you will conceive in your womb a son. And you will call his name Jesus. I want you to know this morning, this Christmas, the Holy Spirit was to impregnate us with his son, Jesus Christ. And as others will not point at our life, but they'll point at something else. A son. The very son of God. They gave himself to come down. He left the throne of heaven. As we sang in that song a while ago. He left the throne of heaven to come down and be with us. Humble, sinful people. He came to us. And he says to us this Christmas, you and I, you will conceive in you. I hope you take that as a promise and a prayer. You will conceive in you this Christmas, this day, in your womb, in your heart, a son. And you will call his name Jesus, Emmanuel. You need a fresh visit with God today. Notice the scripture. The angel says, here's what I plan. The miracle began with the angel's announcement. And it was there that God began a plan for Mary. It was not her plans. Her plans probably consisted of getting married as she was in the betrothal period with Joseph. Maybe she was thinking about raising their children, perhaps her grandchildren. But God had a better plan for Mary. So he brought the miracle of the Son of God to Mary. I, I noticed something else in this scripture. That the miracle was not only told to Mary, to, to, uh, to Mary, but the miracle then was allowed to grow in her. That baby that was conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary, it grew for nine months. It grew within her until it was time for him to be delivered. It grew in her. And then the miracle after nine months was delivered through her. Got that down in your notes? And then the miracle would change the world around her. Oh, how Mary, Mary's life was changed and it affected everyone around her. Her old friends, her parents, Joseph, the religious leaders. It changed all of history because she was obedient to the Lord. God's miracles to us works in the same principle. God's message is being delivered to you that God is calling you to bear his son, Jesus, to the world in which we live. He wants to grow that miracle in us through a time of growth and relationship with him.
And God wants to deliver his miracle through you. How in the world will the world hear if the church does not proclaim loud and clear that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he came to this world to die for our sinfulness and to implant within us the Holy Spirit to give us power to be overcomers. And as a result, God's miracle will change your world and change my world. God's miracle came to an ordinary person. The very miracle happened to an ordinary sinner in an ordinary town and in ordinary circumstances. We can say that God's message, God's angel has come to Weston Road. An ordinary town and with ordinary sinners. With everybody having ordinary circumstances. And God has sent us to change our world around us with His love. You ever think about the value that God saw in Mary? The same value that God saw in Mary is the same value that He sees in each one of us. The possibilities and the potentials to be His evangelists to the world around us. To many people, Mary would be seen as a young, innocent, young lady that lived in poverty. She was ordinary by no stretch of the imagination. But God used her to change her world. Do you ever think what it was like when the angel came to Mary? You suppose Mary was deep in prayer when the angel came? But was she scrubbing clothes and washing dishes? And when the angel came, was there some type of divine light that struck her and got her attention? Was it perhaps a convenient time for her that day? Was she prepared to hear the angel? Had her parents prepared her for this visit? Had she any thoughts that she would be the one prophesied in the book of Isaiah of being the virgin that would bring forth a boy child that would lead God's people? Hey, was Mary financially fixed with Joseph to be able to afford this child? Something else when I read this, I thought of Mary. I wonder how... Was Mary a beautiful woman? You know, that seems to attract today. Is we look upon people by their outward looks, and sometimes we forget what's inside. Mary? Was she a beautiful woman? Was Mary only a plain girl with a simple faith? Raised in an ordinary family, scheduled for an arranged marriage, headed for a predictable, uneventful future, Mary to the town carpenter? Is that who Mary was? Now, our loving God is as interested in placing his hope and promise where you and I live as he was with Mary. So you see, Mary was no better than us. I'm no better than you. You're no better than me. You see, we're common, ordinary people. 
sent his son here for us, to love us. Now, as I wrap this down a little bit, it comes down to uh, where the rubber meets the road. Because when the angel came to Mary, it, this is four things that are very important. Mary knew how to respond. Do you know how to respond when the Holy Spirit comes to you? Mary knew how to think. She pondered what the angel had told her in her heart. She thought it over, really. Thought it. it wasn't some snap decision. And as she thought about it, she knew what to say. Be it done as you have said. She knew then how to allow the miracle to grow within her. Those are the same questions that we asked this morning to have the miracle, Mary miracle, be done in our life this Christmas. Mary, Mary was uniquely privileged indeed to bear the Son of God in her womb. The God is seeking human vessels who need grace today and need a miracle in their life. Someone who can pour his grace into and become a miracle to their world and to show the glory of God. Would you be that Mary this morning? You know what's amazing is the Holy Spirit plants seed. Seeds of miracles today into the lives of those who are willing. And then one day we realize not only was a seed planted, but fruit has been born from our lives. And a miracle takes place because you have allowed the Holy Spirit to conceive within you new life. I want to share with you, as a pastor, I get to see have different people in my churches. Ordinary people. And didn't show that last video. I want to show you this couple right here. This couple, he, he served on the pulpit for me. They called me to the church in Mount Carmel, Illinois, after 1996. Ron was just a uh, ordinary guy. He, he was on his own company. He was a CPA on his own accounting. And him and Susan, Susan led the worship team. And, and we, we loved him so much. And we did a lot of crazy things together. And they had a big old trampoline in their backyard. And believe it or not, he had us all one time jumping on that trampoline. And you know, we had, had really some really good times. We had kids that were similar age and everything. That's our lives intermingled so much. Ron shared with me, not too long after I become pastor, he said, Pastor, he said, I got this sin in my heart. He says, that God wants to do something with me, but I don't know what it is. And he said, I, you know, I'm very mission-minded. He said, I think maybe God's calling me to be a missionary. And, you know, that's what a lot of us, we think God's calling us to be a missionary over in Africa when he calls us. And that's not always so. He does call us to be missionaries to the world around us. But Ron went on his life 
for them as soon as they slide through so much. And, and uh, through the years, uh, one day he came up to me and he said, Pastor, he said, what can we leave in the church? Now that's not the, the best thing that I want people to tell me. Don't any of you tell me that today? <laughs> and he told me, he said, Pastor, what can we leave? I said, Rob, what's going on? He said, you know, he said, the Lord's leading us away because God's got something he wants us to do. And I will make the story a lot And later on, I realized where Ron and Susan was talking to me. He recognized the mission-mindedness that Ron and Susan had. The desire to share their faith with many people. And through the years, as God led them away from our congregation into another organization, Ron became well, about 15 years ago, he became the CFO for Samaritan's Purse. You know the ones that we gave that box to? Ron is in charge of money. <laughs> Ron, how'd you get there? Well, I went through the open doors that God gave me. And I just followed. And it was so strange. You go back and hear his testimony. I called him. Uh, last year when I told him I was going to share his testimony a little bit, he said, well, if it'll be good for the kingdom, I'll go ahead and share it. <laughs> I want you to know that God can use any ordinary people. Ron stuttered. Huh. He'd get up and he would just He was a stutter. His wife was mean sometimes. <laughs> they grew and opened up their heart to become God and pregnant. A hunger for missions. He's traveled all over the world. He's handed out your shoeboxes. He shared the gospel. He's traveled with Franklin Graham all over the world. And it all started with a heart that wanted what God wanted in their lives. You know, today, God may be calling some of you. Maybe God has put that. The angel has come to you in your heart and warmed your heart.
hear this call to bear fruit, and we leave it up to God. How about you this morning? Would we say, come, Lord Jesus, be it done to me, as you have said. Holy Spirit, we pray to you this morning because we recognize in this story that you called and you told Gabriel to go visit your servant Mary. And you came to Mary because of her simple faith and her young heart, her dreams, the future, her marriage. She had so much on her plate. But you came to her, Lord, and she laid aside those things that were going on in her mind and focused. And when you said you wanted to plant a seed within her, you said, how can this be? And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come. See, Father, we recognize the Holy Spirit as being you, the third part of the Trinity. That it represents the personality of you that wants to implant within each and every one of us the life of Christ. Lord, will we not be afraid? The Lord, let us be willing. Say, Lord, do it. Do it. Thank you, God, for all that you did. And you respond in accordance with your will this morning. Amen. 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 As we sing that song of commitment.
take this opportunity now to uh, to thank in a special way and then honor those who have a special ministry or a little extra part in the ministry of our church. And uh, I've been given a couple couple people to uh, do that with. The first one I'll uh, present will be Melissa. She'll come up. Something. 
and uh, I, I appreciate each of you, uh, your faithfulness. It's not me that makes this church go. It's the Lord and it's you. You are the church. The people are the church. And we appreciate you so much. And God is, is pleased. You are uh, so, so uh, minded on other people and people that are needy. And that's what Jesus called us to do, to shine our lights to others who are at need. I uh, didn't forget you guys. Bryce wanted to say a word now about being Hey, y'all. Um, so, Friday night, uh, we had a lock-in. Thank you for your prayers. It was still rough, just like last time. I didn't fall on the floor this time, so that was good. Um, but uh, we actually had about 22 kids come. So we had a lot of new faces come to the lock-in. Uh, so I got to kind of meet them, and I'm hoping they come back uh, on Wednesday nights and Sundays. So um, be praying for that. Uh, they brought a lot of friends from school, and uh, we watched God's Not Dead, the movie, and we had a really, really good devotional after. Um, just being, like, how in that movie you haven't seen it, the student fights the professor on the existence of God and, like, changes the opinions of being, like, 80 students in the college classroom. That was really, really cool. But y'all, y'all just be in prayer for them uh, to come back, or even if they don't come back here, that they would just get plugged in somewhere. Um, I appreciate you. Thank you.